electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's trader lineup, Steve Grasso, Bono and Eisen, Nadine Terman, and Market Rebellion co-founder Pete Najarian. Tonight on Fast, pull the ripcord. The chartmaster says it is time to sell oil as WTI closes in on 100 bucks a barrel. Carter Worth will be drilling down on the crude charts. Plus, where is the bounce? MetaShares under pressure again today, nearly $234 billion in market cap gone in just the past two trading sessions. How our traders are playing this epic meltdown. And later, we're gearing up for another busy week of earnings. Just take a look at all these big names reporting results next week. We're breaking down the four key stocks to watch heading into next week. But we start off with this. Take a look at this. The 10-year Treasury yield spiking above 193. That is the highest level since December 2019. The move coming on the back of a better-than-expected jobs report. The U.S. economy adding 467,000 new jobs in January. And that kind of growth could prompt the Fed to be more aggressive. So thinks the market. The market now pricing in six rate hikes through next February. But check out the reaction in the market today. Tech stocks rally. The Nasdaq gaining one and a half percent. Amazon, a big driver, of course, adding more than 13 percent on the back of its quarterly results. We're now halfway through earnings season. We've heard from all the tech titans and given today's action where yields and tech actually rallied together. Is this market signaling that it has made peace with Fed tightening and that the worst of the volatility is behind us? Pete, what do you say? Boy, that's a tough question, Mel. I mean, it really is because we're just starting into this earnings season and, and we're already looking ahead. But I will say this. When you look at the majors in terms of, uh, of who's reported so far from the tech industry, we've heard pretty much great earnings from the mega cap names. You look at Microsoft. That was outstanding. You look at Apple. I thought that was great. I thought Amazon's today were fantastic. Obviously, Meta, not so much. I think they've lost their focus. And I think that's really part of what we are seeing as far as the technology front. But it looks like people are willing to dip their toe back in once again, at least at least for now. We'll see how long that lasts. We know there's volatility. We know that we have incredible volumes in the market. Traded another 47 million contracts in the options world today. So I, I think there are a lot of positives right now, Mel. And obviously with that jobs report, that did give a little bit of a spike to a lot of different areas, not just technology, but take a look at the financials today, having a great day as well. So up over well over 1%. So I think that there's a lot to read through right now. There's still a long way to go. We're just kicking off earnings season. But at least early on, I think I'm pretty impressed so far with what's happened with most of the majors in terms of the technology space. We focus on technology and high yields because they don't usually or they haven't at least lately, moved together. And if you take a look at the bounce that we saw in tech stocks, it wasn't just the big cap tech stocks. It wasn't just Amazon. In fact, if you take a look at the work from home ETF, for instance, just as a barometer of sort of the riskier parts of the market, the higher valuation pockets of the market, that was up more than 2%. IGV software index, higher valuation parts of the tech sector, up by more than 3%. Bonoin, is this a good sign that these things could actually move higher along with higher rates? 
Uh, I'm always hesitant. Again, great question, Mel. I'm always hesitant to take one data point and try to extrapolate some type of trend there. But I will say, I do think, and I mentioned it a bit earlier, some of the other panelists as well, that I do think this does give us a little bit of insight into risk appetite and willingness to take on more speculative pockets of the market. Now, I don't think that you can just isolate that move in the 10-year. The two cents yield still needs to kind of participate, and we're still seeing downward pressure there. Uh, as far as the 10-year moving higher, I do think it does show uh, that the market is at least digesting this information and interpreting it uh, to mean that we are looking for more robust growth. And the jobs data kind of like proves that point as well. So I think that that does kind of give you know, some floor. But you got to keep it in context. A lot of these names, even some of the large caps, are off and they're just now starting to get back to previous watermarks. I think Carter would have an absolute conniption if we were celebrating lower highs as now a reversal of trend. So I do think um, the volatility continues to be a major part of the market. I think that you are seeing people willing to kind of dip their toes in, but keep in context that, that, that we have come off significantly. And you're seeing some um, disbursement or some, um, uh, some parsing between those that have been able to meet and exceed on both top and bottom line and guidance and those that have not been able to. I think the question, um, given the pullback we've seen, Nadine, and now with the seeming stability, at least for now, uh, is that perhaps we pull back enough and that valuations are more fair in this market and that it is time, as Bonwin had mentioned, to perhaps build some positions or, or dip your toe back in, so to speak, on some of these names. I mean, today, Steve Leisman had this chart out, which was just mind-blowing to me. Six rate hikes are being priced in from now through February 2023 with greater than a 50 percent chance. So it goes 100 percent for the first two and then it goes to above 50 for the next four. Um, and, and we haven't seen that uh, for the market to be, you know, pretty much OK with that. Well, Mel, I'd fade that move. So, you know, the <laughs> upcoming slowdown in reported growth was never to be coming from the hiring side. Instead, it's going to come from lower spending. Remember, just go back a couple of weeks ago, there were some pretty bad retail prints. And the economy is going to be shifting for one driven by reopening and stimulus payments to one running on current income, which is falling. And of late, you know, the choppy market performance. So companies pocketed extra cash from higher prices and lower supply levels. I don't think they're going to expect demand to sustain in many areas of the market. So it's ex-tech at least for goods, at these exceptional levels. So I'd be buying long-term treasuries like the TLT today, going into staples and utilities, because everybody's on this side of the mood short these things like staples and utilities and treasuries now. So I'd actually fade that because there's no way they're going to raise rates six times unless it's at a much smaller level uh, because growth is slowing. And so I just think maybe you get one or two hikes in, kind of like I think Bonoan said. But other than that, you want to take the opposite side of that trade. Steve, what are you thinking about the markets these days? Yeah, so, so I do think that I'll take the under like Nadine and, and Bono when as far as the rate hikes. You know, Bank America was that outlier where he thought mm -hmm. it was going to be seven price hikes. But they never, they never talked about what are you going to do with asset purchases? Oh, we're going to stop those. And then what's the other side of it? We're going to liquidate the balance sheet or let the balance sheet run off. Those are equivalent to, price, to, to rate hikes as well. So is it seven in a vacuum or seven plus those? Because there's no way that's going to happen. Now, if you look at the earnings that we've seen in the tech sector, I don't think that the market is saying they're okay with higher rates. What happened, now Google, fabulous print. What happens if they don't announce a stock split? Well, Amazon, 
good print. What happens if they don't have that Rivian income there or if there's not a speculation that there's going to be a stock split there or if they don't have a price hike there? So there's definitely individual stock stories that are rallying the market. It is not over yet. Just look at Meta, how you open the show. Meta hasn't caught a bounce. It's on day two. Day three is on Monday. So when you start to look at where the rates are, Bono, when I believe, said this, the 10-year was a result of the market thinking we were going into recession. The market now is thinking, okay, maybe growth will be okay. The front end, though, has to come in. And the only way that comes in is if Chairman Powell takes his foot off the rhetoric, and then you get that steepening of the yield curve, value starts to outperform. I think you probably sell tech into this move that we've seen, and we probably haven't seen the lows in the market yet. Well, Steve mentioned the stock that we want to get to at this point, and, and that would be Meta because that was the one major tech stock that sat out this tech rally today. It is now down nearly 27% since reporting earnings two days ago. That's almost $234 billion in market cap gone. So back-to-back losses for Meta. Are you betting on a bounce, Pete? What, what is with this stock if it can't even get a bounce? The Nasdaq is up 1.7%. Well, I think we have to look at that earnings and look a little bit deeper. And I think what we see, Mel, is they've spent so much money on something that is unusual for Facebook to do or Meta to do. and, And that's one of the things is, first of all, they changed their name. Why did they change their name? I didn't see that Amazon suddenly decided to call themselves Prime. Or, or, or something about cloud. But for whatever reason, Facebook decides they want to change their name to Meta, right? And they want to invest so much money into the metaverse. They have had their success with their acquisitions. They've made 91 of those acquisitions since they became a public company. So that's where they've had their success. They started with Facebook, then they went out. They've gotten WhatsApp, and they've gotten Instagram, and they've bought at the right prices in some cases along the way. But that's how they built this business. And I feel like they've lost their focus, Mel, and I think that's a problem. Now, when will they bounce? I'm not really sure. I'm trying to be a little bit patient with this. I did listen to Mark Mahaney when he came on CNBC. He was talking about some of the, you know, the, the forecast looking forward. He thinks there's going to be this will be temporary and then they'll start to rise again, even even to the point where maybe it actually turns into positive territory before the end of the year. So I'm not, I don't know. It's very, very difficult to figure out meta right now. But I don't like the tack that they made in the last couple of quarters with all the money that they make. And they're putting so much of that towards Meta as opposed to focusing on who they are, which is an advertising company. That's who they are. Well, they're trying to do that also, though. I mean, to be fair to, to Meta, I mean, they're focusing on Reels. It's just yeah. that Reels monetizes at a different rate because there's less ad, fewer ads in the Reels feed versus the other apps within their app universe, Bonoin. Um When do you think this is a, a fairly valued stock that you could buy? Is it here? But I think that's the point that Pete's making, right? It's like, this is definition of catching the falling knife. And I've still got all 10 of my fingers and I plan on holding on to those. So no, I'm not gonna step in and try to play hero and try to play hero ball with that. I'm pro- I probably sound them a little bit less in terms of the rebranding. Let's not forget that they were really mired in like this whole, um, you know, drilling down into their business practices. So I can understand them trying to do something. I, I would, you know, knock them a lot more if they did nothing. But there is almost an admission of guilt here in terms of what was it, three point three billion dollars of quarterly cash burn spin 
all mm-hmm. dedicated to Meta. I mean, they are they they know their business much better than any of us ever will. And they knew that before this earnings report was going out. And they have made a strategic pivot to now invest money to another, you know, secondary or tertiary market in an effort to catch up. They are signaling to us by their actions that their business isn't impaired, but clearly it is slowing and in a material fashion for them to allocate that much cash towards a new venture that is yet to be proven. It may pay off, but in a market where every stock is being punished and being told, show it and prove it before I get back involved, I will wait until they show and prove it to me. All right, coming up, another busy week of earnings on deck. What stocks are the traders watching? Four names in the trade straight ahead. But first, oil prices are on fire. The chartmaster says, though, it is time to throw in the towel. His case is next. Don't move a muscle. You're watching Fast Money Live from the Nasdaq market side in Times Square. Back right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an energy alert. Crude oil hitting $93 a barrel today. That is the highest level in eight years. As WTI marches toward 100 bucks. the chartmaster says it is time to sell. Let's get to Carter Worth of Worth Charting. Carter, what are you looking at? Sure. I've only got two charts, but before we get to them, everyone knows that the sort of the story or the headlines are all very bullish, right? Inventories are waning and spare capacity is dwindling and post-COVID demand is surging and supply outages in Libya and Nigeria. Everyone knows there's geopolitical risk and everyone knows we're in backwardization. But today's note at 9 a.m. was simply the reciprocal of a note from eight weeks ago. And so let's look at the charts and try to figure it out together. The first chart is, and, and it's really quite fascinating, right? I mean, I don't draw the charts, the charts draw themselves. When we were at the bottom of that um, formation, you can call it a a fan, if you will, um, a widening wedge, the case was, hey, we're overdone at 63. That was the first week in December. So today's note at 9 a.m. was, it's the reciprocal. We're now to the penny at the top of the formation. We're up 50%, and all of the stories are bullish now. and, and And without something really geopolitical or exceptional, I think this is where you fade it. And so... The simple note was, just as it was maybe right, luckier, a little bit of good timing to buy at 63 here at 93, let's do some selling. Um, One final chart of the two, this is a ratio chart. Now we're looking at WTI, relative performance to the CRB Raw Industrials Commodity Index. So you're picking up here iron ore, copper, steel, lead, rubber, zinc. And that ratio, the relative performance, That was the peak there in 08. 
We know that crude oil hit $147 a barrel. And every time it has gotten to this downtrend line since, it has failed. We're, we're pretty close to that line now. So the thinking is uh, take some money off the table if you're long. And I'd go short here with a bit of money. Is the extrapolation of this, Carter, that you would short uh, oil equities as well? Well, oil equities, uh, let's see, there's such a disparate group. For starters, if you take Exxon, Exxon is now trading at present higher above its 150-day moving average at any point in the history of the data. Now, to be fair, the data only goes back to the early 80s. Who knows what energy's chart looked like in the 73-74 sort of oil spike and OPEC. But um, my thinking is that a little trimming in equities, but it's more about crude. Crude is far ahead of the equity complex. All right, Carter, thanks. We'll see you on Options Action in a few minutes. Carter Braxton Worth. Nadine, you've got uh, oil equities. Are you trimming here? We have been starting trimming. I wouldn't go as far as shorting at this point. I do worry about geopolitical risk that could, especially for those that are either playing against a benchmark, we do have some long onlys that we manage. Um, and also, when you have positions with low cost basis, you have to worry about taxes. So maybe you would hedge a long position if you don't want to trim it. But I wouldn't go out and just short it right now just because of that open the envelope risk. Yeah. Um, let's be clear just for viewers sake. Um, Carter was saying to short oil itself, the commodity, as opposed to sure. equities. Um, Steve Grasso, where do you stand on oil equities? Yeah, so I'm more, I'm more in uh, Nadine's camp. I would not short the commodity either. I, I think that he, he nailed it for all the reasons. Uh, they're all correct. The problem is not only is there geopolitical risk, there's political risk. If President Biden can't figure out how to lower the cost of energy between now and the midterms, it's going to be an incredible loss for the Democrats. So I think you're going to see him do something that's going to bring in the price of oil rather quickly. All right, we've got some uh, news alert here on Peloton. Shares are rocketing in the after-hour session now at more than 20%. Let's get to Seema Modi. Seema. Hey, Melissa, here's the story. Dow Jones is reporting that Peloton has drawn interest from, uh, the fitness company has drawn interest from potential suitors, including Amazon, and that the company, Amazon, is speaking to advisors about a potential deal uh, for Peloton. In addition to that, uh, Dow Jones is reporting that Peloton is facing pressure from activist investor to replace its CEO. That does follow a report from the Wall Street Journal that uh, touched on this very fact. You can see Peloton is spiking here, rebounding after what has been a tumultuous run for the company. Melissa, we reached out to the company. More to come. Back to you. All right, Seema, thanks. Seema Modi up 26% right now. Bonwin, I got to say, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you can use you can use the Prime Video as, as a distribution platform for the software, which it's trying to become software company. And you can use the delivery network to deliver the hardware, the bikes and stuff. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. And they've ratcheted up distribution centers throughout COVID. I mean, my question is, what isn't Amazon going to be involved in? Um, so I, I definitely am not willing to bet against them being able to make it work. They've done it too many times. Yeah. I, I mean, Pete, imagine you could say, Alexa, give me, a, you know, HIIT ride or something. Exercise I mean, for me. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> not quite that. I, mean, I wish maybe that's to come. Um, but up 28 percent right now, Pete, can you see this? 
I do. Uh, you know, Mel, it's something that I've, I've been critical of this company for a really long time, especially when it was up in the upper 100s, up $150, $160. It's pulled back, and a lot of people have speculated there's got to be a buyer out there at some point, and that's probably not so stupid. People have put out there Apple. I've, I've heard Amazon. I've heard other names. But if Amazon really were to, to take over this company, I'm sure there would be a lot of changes, but it would fit the business model very well. I think it, it would make a lot of sense. And at these levels, they probably can make it work, Mel. I'm not sure as a standalone that Peloton can make it work. All right. Uh, Peloton shares up 31 percent right now. We've got much more coming your way. But first, as we head out, a message from CNBC contributor David Henderson as CNBC celebrates black history. My wife and I had our house appraised twice last year so we could sell it. And the second time, it appraised almost $50,000 higher than it did the first time. What changed? The first time we were home. The second time we made sure that we weren't. And we took down all the pictures of ourselves and our family. One of the most important things you can do to improve the financial future for the black community is recognize that discrimination like this occurs. Because you can't fix what you won't acknowledge. Welcome back. A quick programming note. Fast Money will be off the air for the next two weeks as CNBC brings you live coverage of the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. Be sure to catch all the action from Beijing starting Monday night right here on CNBC. Well, just because we are dark, it doesn't mean it won't be another busy week for your money. Check out all the names reporting results. Big Pharma, travel, more tech, consumer goods. We asked the traders to give us the one name. All of them came back and wanted to focus on Disney. That is going to be a big one. Grasso, what are you watching for? So I, I want to see what, what they're guiding for, what they're looking at as far as parks, what they're, what they're, that's a big number. It's $16 billion in a normalized revenue environment. And if you look at the stock chart, they knocked this stock down to pre-COVID levels. That means that everything above for streaming without parks, because we know post-COVID, they weren't thinking about parks coming back. So everything for streaming right now, you're not getting. You're getting pre-COVID levels. Sounds like a bargain basement uh, price for Disney. I think it ratchets right back up to that $200 price target sooner rather than later. Yeah. Pete, what do you think? Because there was a lot of concern about Disney after Netflix's earnings. Yeah. You know, I think the interesting thing, Mel, is that they touch so many different parts of, of the world, right? I mean, they've got the parks, they've got resorts, they've got the cruise ships, television, streaming, everything. I mean, across the board. So I, I'm really looking forward to see how well have they been able to navigate through this whole thing in all these different ways as the parks have slowly tried to reopen and everything that they've been. This has been a very difficult process for them, obviously. But I guess the biggest number I'd be looking for right now would be, well, how are they doing with the parks and, and streaming? Those two, I think, really stand out for me. All right, time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Bono in. Uh, if there's anything I'm going to be getting along now, it'll be volatility. Take a look at the VIX. Look, at this, look to establish a long position there. Nadine Terman. Not too far off Bonoans. I'd fade the fear, go long the TLT. It's the 20-year treasury. Pete Najarian. I think crude's still going to triple digits. I love Carter, but I'm going to give you Transocean, R-I-G. Steve Grasso. So it would be inconsistent if I didn't go with where I just uh, dropped the mic. I'm going to pick it back up. I'm going to go with Disney because I think you're going to see a nice little pop for yourself there. All right. That does it for us here on Fast Money. We'll see you back here. 
after the Olympics in two weeks. In the meantime, do not go anywhere. Options Action is up next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 